episode of Whiskey and Mash. I am Chris Pullman. And I am Laura Pullman sitting in for Gloria Ackerman. And also guest starring with us is our daughter, Ryan Pullman. So you might hear various sounds from her over the course of the podcast. <laughs> Stop kicking the keyboard! <laughs> <laughs> this episode, we'll be reviewing Season 3, Episode 9, Alcoholics Unanimous, and Season 3, Episode 10, there is nothing like a nurse. Mm-hmm. Did you want to start by synopsizing? Oh, sure, I'll synopsize the first one. <laughs> so, what was it called again? Uh, Alcoholics Unanimous. Alcoholics Unanimous. The basic premise of that one is um, Colonel Blake is away, which he is often, so he, you know, I don't know. The actor must be busy with other things. Yeah, I think that... You know, third season is his last season, so yeah. he's probably involved in other projects yeah. at that time. I know that he was in Match Game a lot. Mm. <laughs> good, good, good um, game show. But anyway, so he's away, which means that dun dun dun, Frank's in charge. Mm-hmm. And so our heroes of the story, Hawkeye and what well, starts out in the movie theater, they are they're watching a movie, mm-hmm. and it's ra- it's pouring. And so the sound goes out in the movie, and they're joking about how it's a girl. The movie then is about a girl who goes to the big city and loses her voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, while they're away at the movie, they get back, and uh, Frank is having Radar take apart the cell. Which, mm-hmm. yeah, which is no good. Um, you know they need they need their booze, mm-hmm. and so uh, Radar's taking apart the cell. And um, the Frank tells them that he's going to put a ban on all alcohol. Mm-hmm. And so that does not go over very well. Of course, we have Margaret hiding her alcohol from Frank mm-hmm. as well. And um, the boys, they try to rough up. Uh, well, not rough up. They try to talk uh, Father mm-hmm. Mulcahy into giving them some wine. Yep. Doesn't work. Um, let's see, they tried various other techniques to get some booze. They were going through the, like, the file cabinets trying to find where it's been locked away, and Margaret comes in to get some brown liquor, I'm assuming whiskey. I think brandy. Brandy? That's what she said she had in her flask. Okay, so she went in to get some brandy, and, um, they're drinking together, and Frank catches them all drunk. Mm-hmm. And yeah, completely overreacts. Starts it makes makes it mandatory for everybody to go to to go to church services. Well, to go to a temperance lecture. Temperance lecture, okay. By Father Mulcahy. Yeah. Yeah. And um, there, uh, Klinger gets Father Mulcahy drunk beforehand because Father Mulcahy was nervous because he's never had such a crowd before. Mm-hmm. So Klinger gets him drunk before the service, and then that goes all kinds of wrong. Mm-hmm. And Frank ends up drinking at the service, and then everything's back to normal. Yep. So that's the general overview of the. So now let's get into the meat and potatoes. Yeah, into the particulars. Um, let's see here. We see Bobby Mitchell in this episode. Mm-hmm. I want to say that she's credited as Nurse Baker in this episode. Uh, in the next episode, she's also in. She's credited as Nurse Abel. So <laughs> this is the period in MASH where the nurses don't retain 
their in-episode identities. Right. Where, where they may keep appearing, but they're Red Shirt 1. And it seems like Red Shirt 1 is Nurse Baker. So whoever's the first nurse is Nurse Baker. And yeah. then it goes on <laughs> to, to Nurse, nurse Abel. Yeah. And then sometimes there is a Nurse Mitchell. <laughs> yeah, which is weird. But anyway... Um, yeah, when they first get back from the movie, because the mess tent, the roof breaks open mm -hmm. because of the rain, which douses water onto the projector, which I'm assuming blows out the bulb in the projector. Right. That's what it seemed to do. Yeah. It, it exploded, and that's mm -hmm. really the only piece inside of a projector that would explode. Yeah, so then the projector was broke, so the film was over. So... Hawk and Trap go back to their tent to have some booze and come upon Frank taking apart the still. But um, then they get it back together and they had some left and so they start drinking and Frank says, you're alcoholics and there's a test and he starts giving him this test. and <laughs> Like, question two is, do Deep you... Gulp. Yeah, like, one was, do you talk about alcohol constantly? And they were talking about the mix mm -hmm. of... Uh, uh, Gin versus vermouth. Yeah. Two was, do you gulp drinks? And, and then they, you down it. And three was, do you often forget things that you were talking about while drinking? What happened to question two? <laughs> I don't know. We drink and he forgets. The answer to question three is no. <laughs> And Frank says, you're hopeless alcoholics. Well, all right, Frank, we drink. We drink to get through these days, these 48-hour days. And you know, Frank doesn't really take that as an answer. He says this camp is dry. Um, and that's official. And then he opens up the tent, and there's a big gust of wind and lightning <laughs> and rain. Boy, when you make something official, you make it official. Right. <laughs> nice punctuation to... Uh, that uh, when we go to Father Mulcahy in the mess tent, uh, Klinger is at the Catholic service. Right. We, we know it's a Catholic service because it's the 50s and Father Mulcahy is saying mass to the other side of the tent. In Latin. In Latin. <laughs> Instead of to the audience, he's saying it to the tent pole, basically. Right. And, uh, Pre-Vatican II. <laughs> and so uh, afterwards, once they're finished, uh, Father Mulcahy says, it's nice to have you here, Klinger. And Klinger says, well, I'm not really Catholic. I'm atheist. <laughs> it just gives me a chance to wear my gloves. <laughs> they're beautiful white gloves. <laughs> yeah. Um, that he got at the white sale. Yeah. But I don't think that the dresses are doing it, Father. I might have to re-enlist to prove that I'm crazy. <laughs> And that's when Trapper and Hawkeye come in and ask the father for a shot of wine. And he's like, I can't really do that. That's sacramental. Do you want to pray for booze? <laughs> sure, I'm up for anything at this point. Um, we see Frank in Margaret's tent. Uh, you know, they're doing their thing. Margaret's repairing a bra or something. Yeah. Which she then puts on Frank. So she can stitch it. So she can stitch it. And uh, she admits to Frank that she has a little nippy bottle, a flask that was her mother's that her father gave to her mother on their bridal night. He gave her a lot of things on their bridal night because he also gave her that small pistol 
a few episodes ago. Was that from... I thought that was from her mother to her father. I thought it was from her father to her mother on their bridal night. Oh, that would make more sense, actually. Yeah, it was a little girly pistol. Yeah, because Al, Big Al Howitzer Houlihan would have had a... A big gun. Yeah, like a forty four Magnum or something. Okay, yeah. So, he did give her a lot of stuff. Yeah. Come to think. But she brings it out and Frank is like, well, that's a nice thing to have fruit juice in or lemonade. I keep brandy in it. I didn't hear that. <laughs> I'm cold and tired too, Frank. Oh, Margaret. For you, it's nerve medicine. medicine. Yeah, nerve medicine. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. So, um, you know, then we, uh, well... First of all, Radar comes around with a clipboard and knocks on Margaret's tent <laughs> to get Frank, and Frank comes out still in Margaret's bra. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It flusters <laughs> Radar, which is so funny. Well, what is it, Corporal? Uh, need, need, need to sign the daily report, sir. <laughs> Signs it. Some people. Something like that. Frank mutters, like, yeah. what was wrong with him or... Yeah. The like. I didn't see anything, sir. Yeah. And Frank looks at him like, what, what didn't you see? He never realized that he still had the brown. Brown, yeah. Goes back into Margaret's tent. Um, later, Hawkeye and Trapper are in the supply room. It's not a tent. It has uh, wooden walls. So it's a supply room. As far as I can tell, it's somewhere like between the operating room and Radar's office, in this case. Um... And they're looking in the supply cabinet for alcohol of any kind. And right. And they can't find any. They were looking for, like, rubbing alcohol, like medical alcohol. Mm-hmm. Well, then they hear somebody coming in. It ends up being Margaret. And uh, out of a filing cabinet, she pulls uh, what looks like a large Erlmeyer flask mm-hmm. of brandy. And... Um, they turn on the hawk and trap turn on the lights what have you got there margaret oh this it's uh medicine <laughs> tell us the disease margaret we'll catch it right and they just kind of close on her and you see her uh, protectively clutching <laughs> her flask and the uh and the alcohol of, yeah the bottle of booze cut to the swamp was that in the swamp? I just yeah. assumed it was in the supply room. No, that was in the swamp where they were drinking. Um, you could tell by the chairs. Ah, sure. But the three of them are drinking in the swamp. They have brandy in their martini glasses. Yep. And they're just singing, trappers uh, strumming on the ukulele, just having a good time. Frank comes in. I think he had his helmet on all franked he, up he did yeah <laughs> he was all franked up that's my official term for that <laughs> looking all officially army and um he comes in and uh they're all like oh oh <laughs> and say something to the extent of um you know where does where did this come from this camp is completely dry and they say to him shh it's a secret I'm the commanding officer, and I demand to know. And so Hawkeye pulls him down uh, by his by the buttons on his shirt and says, "All right, what you do is is you take 11, 11 string beans, <laughs> an onion, 
half of a radish and four bananas and and you, you let it soak uh, and then Trapper says and you let it soak for six weeks days days <laughs> Margaret pulls Frank over you better write this down <laughs> Hawkeye grabs him again you, f you find the tallest tree and after you mix mix the stuff up you put it in an enema bag and you hang it from the tree for for 18 weeks days days <laughs> <laughs> so frank gets all frustrated and he's like that tears it anybody drinking alcohol is you know whatever in major trouble and he leaves in a huff and they're all laughing and margaret look goes to the other two who was that <laughs> So Frank then uh, asks Father Mulcahy to give a temperance lecture. Mulcahy's saying uh, he's never really given a lecture about that. He, uh, on the troop transport over, he was asked to give a talk about the sex thing, but they ended up getting a Protestant who had a film. <laughs> Interesting sounding film, but that's not really the point. Um, so then... Uh, we see that Hawkeye, Trapper, Margaret, they're all a little snippy without the booze. Oh, a lot snippy. Yeah, in the OR, they're just very, yeah, snippy is really the only word that came yeah. to mind. They're Snip very sh curt. Yeah, snippy works, especially for surgeons. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then in post-op, Frank is, you know, saying, I forgive you, Margaret, but we'll, uh, you know, we're having this lecture and margaret just kind of says oh frank you're so above average <laughs> which i think is a great line uh then as Klinger's helping father mulcahy get ready for the lecture um he says oh father it's really filling up and father mulcahy looks and it is quite a crowd gathering mm -hmm. and he's getting nervous because he's never had a crowd that big at the 4077th and Klinger says, do you have anything, Father? A little a little bracer. And Father Mulcahy says that there's some a bottle of something. And it looks like it's probably whiskey. It could be... Could um, be more brandy. Or a bourbon. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was the gift of a very grateful Marine after a very successful confession. <laughs> Klinger, Klinger pours him a glass about two or three fingers deep. And then uh, he says, this will get you there. And Father Mulcahy replies, and back. <laughs> so then we see the lecture starting. And um, it's really funny because Father Mulcahy just kind of keeps hitting the same reading. <laughs> Leviticus 10. I, I think we heard this one. Yeah. Um, that was hot, guys. Yeah, because he says it. And then he stops and says... <laughs> However compulsory this may be, I must tell you, there is no film. This is live. Now, where were we? The 10th of Leviticus, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, finally, Father Mulcahy is coming to the booze, and he says, Is there a doctor in the house, or at least a cup of coffee? Oh, I think it was coffee, or, coffee yeah. first, then 
or a doctor. Yeah. After asking Radar to open one of the stained glass windows. Keep in mind, this was in the mess, mess tent. tent. Yeah. So, <laughs> Radar does, to his credit, he does get up and kind of start to go. And then he's like, wait. Wait, where would I? <laughs> There's nothing. So then Trapper gets up to try and help Father McKay. He steps on Hawkeye's foot. That starts a big to-do. And Frank ends up getting elbowed in his wedding tackle. <laughs> and so he's hurt. Margaret pulls out her flask, and Frank is just going at it like a hungry baby does a bottle. And the the big scene stops, and Hawkeye just looks at Frank and goes, Well, that's it, everyone. The 18th Amendment has been repealed. Hooray! <laughs> and so it all goes, like Laura had said, that all goes back to normal. But those are just some of the high points of the story. Um, that add flavor, I guess. I didn't mean to re... No, but that's, yeah, that's the... Yeah. Those are the high points, the high I guess. Point. Yes, in chronological order. So. Oh. Oh, she's laughing. What is it, Ryan? Did you like the episode, too? It was funny. Yeah? She slept through it. Yeah. <laughs> For guest stars in this one, we had Bobby Mitchell, like we mentioned, who was Nurse Baker, I believe. Uh, Jamie Farr as Klinger and William Christopher as Father Mulcahy. Uh, anything else about the episode worth nope, mentioning? Nope, that's all I had. Okay. It seemed like a really long episode. Again, it was... It did. It was fairly dense, which is nice because it's kind of hard to watch episodes that are sparse in terms of plot. Yeah, it just... Sure. It doesn't keep your attention, but this... It was dense enough that uh it felt like a longer episode even though it wasn't it did it felt like an hour longer but yeah. it was it was only a half hour yeah okay uh shall we then move on to season three episode 10 sure there is nothing like a nurse nothing like a nurse so the very brief version of this episode is that um the camp is all of a sudden expecting an attack. And so uh, they get the nurses to evac, along with as many of the patients as they can, to the 44th evac hospital. So, you know, you have the battalion aid stations on the line. Then you have fewer but uh, more capable MASH units further back, and then further back from the MASH units, you have the evac units, which either handle cases more long-term, or send soldiers home if that's what's required. Sure. You know, home or for further treatment elsewhere. So, uh, the nurses and as many of the wounded as can be sent go to the 44th evac. While they're gone, the doctors realize that they're very lonely without the nurses, Mm -hmm. And all of their... Nursely goods? Yes. <laughs> I, I was going to say skills, but that works just as well. <laughs> and then they find out... Yeah, I know! She wants to be on the podcast, too? Yeah. Then they find out that the intended attack is actually 5 o'clock Charlie. Dropping propaganda! Yeah. Henry... What was it? Harry Truman is sleeping with your wife? Yeah. <laughs> And so then all the nurses come back, and that's the episode. Um, not a very dense episode. 
I don't have nearly as much written down for this one. And there are other episodes where the nurses are evac'd for MASH that I actually prefer. Yeah. Because in terms of the major plot of this episode, it's the nurses are gone and the men are... Helpless. Yeah, like they're... And they're sad and mopey. And... Yeah, but they don't really show it. Right. You know, there have been other episodes where it's like that, where the same basic plot elements are repeated in a future episode, mm -hmm. but the future episode does a better job. Okay. Uh, the specific one I'm thinking of, they the nurses are evac'd, and then they come back, and after they're back, the uh, there's a nurse, a colonel nurse, in charge of the area, mm -hmm. who's coming to the 4077th for a snap inspection. And so they get back, and Margaret is just pounding the nurses with getting, getting everything ready. Sure. I think this is the plot that I'm remembering. But the guys left everything in such a bad state <laughs> that it's a real job. Oh, sure. You know, like there's literally mounds of plaster on the floor. Oh, wow. From casts. Casts. Yeah. Um, the, the, the sterilization machine for the mm -hmm. instrument... For the instruments uh ended up coming off of its hinges because the guys used it so poorly oh wow yeah kelly plays a big part in that episode but point being they do a much better job with the basic plot sure in that episode than they do here right so um you know overall i don't think we see a lot of character development per se yeah you know? i mean there's some funny stuff like Frank is having the men, um, the enlisted men, uh, dig foxholes. Yeah. And at one point he falls into a foxhole and Klinger, or not Klinger, oh my goodness, Hawkeye and Trapper drive the jeep over the top of it so and that he's trapped, up, <laughs> trapped in the foxhole. Yep. And we know that it's deep enough for them to do that because earlier in the episode, uh, before Margaret leaves, Klinger, or Klinger, Radar comes in to her tent using their secret knock, which the whole camp knows. Yep. Um, and tells Margaret that Frank is going to be detained because he is having the men lower him into the foxholes to show them the proper depth. Right, because he wants to be able to stand up and not mm -hmm. get shot. Yes. So, which I think is actually a little deep, but... Yeah, I don't think foxholes are supposed to be that deep. No, it'd be hard to get back out... And it was. And it was. <laughs> um, the one bit of character development that did happen that might be worth it for watching this episode. While Frank is trapped in the foxhole, I think, they raid his mail, his personal stuff. Yes, it was well, It was under his bunk. Because mm -hmm. they said earlier that Frank's got a film under his bunk that they haven't watched yet. And it turns out to be his wedding um very interesting everyone there except for frank were, were wearing very dour expressions mm -hmm. um yeah frank had a silly frank smile yeah uh henry makes the comment they sure did invite a lot of empty chairs yeah because i think there were a total of seven guests including the uh the pastor yeah <laughs> and one thing that they did to tie the wedding back into the episode, Mrs. Burns, 
um, when they're heading out toward the honeymoon, she gets in the car from the passenger side, scooches over to the driver's seat, and makes Frank go back around and sit in the passenger seat. <laughs> and then when the nurses come back, uh, Margaret does the same thing to him. In a jeep. In a jeep. And he has the same goofy smile, and like it's mm-hmm. just—it's really funny. He's got the exact same body language. Yep. And but yeah, it's, but with that video though, Mrs. Burns looks completely different than how I pictured her. The way that he talks about her, I was expecting a larger woman with short hair, older, you know, just, you know, think Bugs Bunny, and the there was always the guy who was married to the wife who would go, mm, yes, dear, and mm. she would have a rolling pin in her hand and smack mm. him with the rolling pin. Um, that's who I pictured. But she was a very small... I mean, she had some RBF going on, as you pointed out. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> like, she just had glasses and she, very young, very petite. Yeah. It's not how I pictured her at all. No, I totally did. I. But you've seen the episodes. Yeah, but, you know, I even before I saw that episode, I always pictured her, uh, to point to another show, kind of like a Maris character. No, Maris? Yeah. Maris from Frasier? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, Niles' wife, yeah, where you who we never, see through. Who we we s- never really see her for a long time. For a long time. You do see her, like, in the later seasons. Yeah. But that was always the running joke, that you never saw Maris. Yeah. You know, um, he's molesting a coat rack? <laughs> <laughs> Look again. Oh, that's a woman! <laughs> so... I, I kind of pictured her, you know, how we saw her uh, in the episode. Okay. The only other thing worth noting to me was that we once again see Captain Spaulding. Uh, Captain Spaulding oh, the guitar playing guy. is the guitar playing guy. Yeah. Um, he's the one who, you know, sings Oh Tokyo. And basically whenever they need just a person to play guitar and sing a song in the episode... They have Captain Spaulding. It just seems out of place, though, for me. It, oh, yeah. it, it feels like it's somebody's nephew who, you know, plays the guitar, and he's like, Uncle, blah, blah, you're the executive producer, can you get me a job? Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of deal. Yeah, and, you know, they do have him in the operating room as a surgeon, but he has one line just because, well, we know that he's there, I guess. But yeah, overall, it, it does seem like his appearances are just random. Not like Sydney, right. where there's a plot point. Right. It's more like, eh, and, you know, we'll, he, uh, we'll... We'll stick him in the background of the bar, standing on his head. Yeah, you know, get get uh, Lennon Wainwright back in here, Landon. And Landon. again, he seems so 60s and 70s because he's doing yoga. In the yeah. background of yeah. the standing on his head doing yoga, in I don't the old think, club, yeah. I don't think too many people did yoga in the fifties. I'm sorry, it's just it seems like something that started with the hippie movement. Margaret, we see Margaret do it in an episode. But again, this is—I don't know if it actually happened though yeah. during this war. I don't know. It would be a good. I question. I think it's something they brought in from the time they were making the show. I do know in one episode, uh, Colonel Potter and Klinger are doing yoga but that is also an episode where they have visiting uh visiting surgeons and one of them is indian okay 
So that's kind of why is like he was doing yoga, sure, standing on his head, and then Colonel Potter came in and greeted his feet. So, you know, that was kind of the plot reason for it to happen there. Sure. I don't know about the rest. Right. It just I don't know. Yeah, I He's, would agree. He seems very hippie, so like kind of a hippie guy for being nineteen mm-hmm. fifties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the beatnik movement was happening in the 50s, not the hippie movement. Mm-hmm. So, no, I I think you have something there. Yeah. I mean, it, MASH is also a product of its time, it in is. addition to being, uh, you know, supposedly it of is. the era. As I'm sure people will watch the se- that 70s show and be like, that's a little 90s right there, or mm-hmm. a little 2000s, whenever that show was on. Really? But, yeah, yeah, it... Definitely in the later seasons, you look at, like, the goofy hat that BJ wears. Yeah. It's not like Colonel Potter's um, lure hat, fishing lure hat. It's more of a kind of hippie hat. Okay. And he has a hippie mustache. I looked him up. Yeah. um, (laughs) So, yeah, and he's got, like, a 1970s haircut. And you definitely get that 60s, 70s anti-war feel to it. Because it was on during the time. Right. And so, and this was at a time when, when you know, they didn't care about continu- continuity as much in shows. Like, nowadays, we've got too many people complaining on the internet about continuity. Mm-hmm. Like, back then, I mean, they replaced Darren on Bewitched and nobody noticed. Mm-hmm. You know, they just did that kind of stuff. So, yeah. I don't think it was as big of a deal. They weren't really as worried about the you know correctness of mm-hmm. the timeline just they wanted to tell the story sure about the episode more there yes. were a few high points that i thought were worth mentioning um one of them is when hawkeye and trapper are saying goodbye to the nurses uh hawkeye is with bobby mitchell uh, who is Nurse Abel on this episode, and they are in the supply room, and Hawkeye is, like, nuzzling her neck, and he says, did you know you had this thing back here? <laughs> what thing? <laughs> My tongue. That, was, that cracked me up. I was laughing pretty hard on that joke. Mm-hmm. Um, when they're leaving, Margaret salutes the colonel, she salutes Henry, she salutes Trapper, and she tries to salute Hawkeye, but he goes in and dips her. <laughs> and this isn't the first time we've seen it, but it's still funny every time. He dips her, starts kissing her, and she just melts into it. She doesn't Puts her resist. Arm around his neck. So apparently Hawkeye's a really good kisser. That's all I know about that. He's got that. enough practice. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Since the nurses are gone, there are wounded that show up. And so we get uh, Father Mulcahy, Radar, and Klinger helping in surgery. And the father is doing his best, but he doesn't really know what he's handing people. Right. Uh, Radar is just holding the instruments in a fan for Trapper to take. And Klinger is actually, it seems that he's doing a decent job with Colonel Blake. Right. Maybe not a fantastic job. Not a nurse quality job, but decent. Yeah. Uh, Hawkeye does make the comment to Father Mulcahy, remember, Father, nursing is also a verb. Because he's trying to get him to be a little proactive, but none of them are 
qualified Doc, in nursing. Doctor, father, suction. The yeah. one that goes like this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, also, Frank gets a hold of Margaret, and they're talking over the phone. They do a really nice job of split-screening during the phone call. They do. Um, Frank is all worried about Margaret finding somebody else, and he makes the comment, Margaret, if you were to find somebody else, I would blow my brains out and then kill both of you. You got that in the wrong order, Frank. Oh, that's right. No, I would kill both of you and then kill myself. Oh, something about you, the idea of you killing me just makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Yeah. It just, again, they weird have a weird, weird relationship, but, you know... And then they're not hanging up. And this is one of my favorite parts of the episode. They're not hanging up. Will you hang up first, Margaret? Oh, Frank, that's so high school. Well, how about this? We'll hang up on three. You start. One. Two. Three! three. And kind Chapter both say it. And Margaret goes, Get him, Frank! <laughs> and he hangs up the phone and goes running after him. And that's when he falls into the foxhole and hilarity ensues. <laughs> but, um, yeah. You know, um, one other thing worth mentioning in this episode is there's a lot of reused footage, which is fine. Every every show does it. Star Trek: The Next Generation did it. Any show with repeatable shots does it. They reused the opening sequence. Yeah, <laughs> with the nurses running up the hill, they reused that. They reused a clip from the same episode. They reused another clip of nurses in pre-op. Um, and then when five o'clock Charlie comes around, you instantly know it's him because it's the exact same shot from the episode five o'clock Charlie, where he's coming in toward the camp and he, he's going forward, but like his wings are just off and he's right. kind of gliding at an angle. So, yeah, again, that's fine. It was well done. Yeah. Good episode. A lot yeah. of yucks. Yeah. But... You know, overall, did we see a lot of character development? Eh. Yeah. I think the only real development we saw was in Frank Burns' uh, backstory. It's nothing that we didn't know, but we got to see it. Yeah. I had to laugh, and I talked about this while mm -hmm. we were watching it, that um, the men were so distraught. Like, they couldn't, like, they weren't doing anything. They were just oh. bummed at the bar with the women gone, and all I could think was, I bet you the women are having a fun time slumber party, chatty gabbing. You know, they're not just, like, just the difference. And I don't know if men are really like that when the women leave. I don't think so, because when you and your friends are alone, you're having fun playing games. It was just weird. You know, in their defense, most of the patients were gone. Yeah, that's true. They were probably bored. But they got a lot of new patients. Well, yeah, after that. Was that after that, or that was, was that before that? No, that was after that. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, you know, there were very few patients, there were no nurses, so it's possible that they were just that bored. But, anything else for that episode? No, that's all I had. Okay. Well, then, let's wrap up this episode of Whiskey and Mash. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, the best way that you could uh, support us would be to share this episode with a friend, a family member, a co-worker, mm -hmm. an enemy. That's okay, too. <laughs> Here, listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> this is horrible. <laughs> no, it was actually pretty good. <laughs> and now you've made a friend. 
But, <laughs> but you can do that by heading over to iTunes, searching Whiskey and Mash, or to your favorite podcast application and uh, looking for Whiskey and Mash, and you can subscribe and get every new episode downloaded automatically to your device, whatever that might be. You can also head over to narclaninc.com. That's N-A-R-C-L-A-N-I-N-C.com. Navig- I know, right? It's exciting. Navigate to the Whiskey and Mash page, and we have every raw MP3 file uh, of all the episodes up there, so you can either download it to your favorite MP3 player, or you can just stream it right from the website. If you would like to make a comment to us about the episode, feel free to hook up with us on Facebook, facebook.com slash whiskeyandmash, or email the show directly, whiskeyandmash at narclaninc.com. Also on Narclan Inc., you will see our other podcasts listed there. So, yeah, that's the episode. Thanks for listening along. And so until next week, I am Chris Pullman. I'm Laura Pullman. And the little baby is Ryan. And uh, have a good week. Cheers.